My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. An Elio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers. This is a mini episode, which is a shorter version of our main episodes where we talk about everything weird, creepy, supernatural, conspiracy, you know the drill. Today, I am super excited because we are going to be talking about the New York Times documentary, Framing Britney Spears, and just about Britney Spears in general, her conservatorship, what's going on there, um, her life in general. And we are super, super lucky today to have on the podcast Tess Barker. She is one of the creators of the Free Britney Movement. And she is host of uh, the Britney's Instagram podcast. And how it all started was she and Babs Gray, um, they also have another podcast called Lady to Lady. They started getting interested in Britney Spears. They started looking at her Instagram account and kind of analyzing it. And then that got them into her conservatorship. And then they decided to start this free Britney movement, which obviously really took off within the last few years. So they were featured in the documentary also. So uh, we're going to talk to her today about everything. For anyone who hasn't watched the documentary yet, it's really interesting. You guys should all watch it. It's about Britney's life, the people she trusted, the press that like hounded her. Like it, it follows her from like being America's sweetheart to like this present day conservatorship that like she doesn't have control over her own life. And it also goes into like Justin Timberlake, how like he forced her to play the villain in the narrative of their relationship. And also the media who just like 
mocked her when she like finally cracked. Well, the media of that time in general, it's crazy. And they show some of the gossip magazines. And then also, it's interesting at the same time, um, a documentary on Anna Nicole Smith was also released. And it's they're kind of in the same vein, like women of this era were totally um, mistreated and misrepresented and put into boxes and unable to be anything despite that. Um, And so it'll be interesting to kind of get into that. Have you guys ever met Britney Spears? No. No. Because I have. What? <gasps> Tell us your story. I did. Shut up. In like 2007, I used to work at this restaurant in West Hollywood called Hamburger Mary's. Oh my God, the the drag bingo? Yes, drag <laughs> bingo. That was my life for like three years. <laughs> I worked, I was the assistant to the owner and she came in one day, like during the day. And like we got a call that was like, Brittany wants to come. And like, of course, like the the guys working at the the restaurant were like, oh, they were freaking out. They're like, oh my yeah. God, Brittany's coming. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like running around like, what do we do? I'm like, I don't know. What do we do? Like, <laughs> and it was empty. There was no one there. It was like 1 p.m. on a weekday. And she sat in like the corner booth and like she had, of course, like there were paparazzi outside the restaurant. Oh God. And like, we of course didn't let them in, but she was there with like a friend and like some of the guys working there, like they got pictures with her. She was so nice. And then she That's walked so- out through the kitchen, through the back, because like Aww. the front was full of paparazzi. Yeah. And she like came into the kitchen, was like talking to the workers, was like, y'all are super nice. I want to work here one day. Can I come Aww. work here? And we're like, yes, Brittany, come work here. <laughs> You're like, please, let's switch And like I got pictures and she was so nice. Uh, did they yeah. have good burgers there? They're amazing yeah ask are they the really good, ask the real questions maria i mean they're like giant <laughs> the minute you I've said she there. wanted to come in and eat a burger i was like okay well i need to know what these burgers are like well they're like giant burgers the burgers that have like not my thing oh. a ton of toppings not my but thing either. they are really good though okay i don't i, I don't like you. the burgers with a lot of toppings but like they're good i want a i want a flat smash burger i want oh, a burger yeah i know they're good though <laughs> What kind of fries did you guys serve there? Were they like a thick fry or a thin fry? <sighs> they were in between, but mm. they had really good seasoning on them. Okay. Oh, well, that's important. So they were they were pretty good. That's pa- good. The papas were good. Papas fritas? Yeah, that's what we had to yell to the kitchen staff when they wanted more fries. Mas papas, por favor. Wow. And that's my Britney story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> So we can just do like a, a basic, what's a conservatorship? It's a court case where a judge appoints a responsible person or like an organization to care for another adult who cannot care for himself or herself or manage their own finances. And since February 2008, Brittany was put under a temporary psychiatric hold in Los Angeles. And then her father and attorney were granted a temporary and then it turned into permanent conservatorship over her money, her home, her business, everything. And the order has been in place ever since. In 2020, in August, she filed paperwork that says she is strongly opposed to her dad, Jamie, being her conservator. Well, there's all this stuff from what I know. I think like he has struggled with alcoholism and was kind of like transient in and out of her life and i think at some point i mean we'll get into it more but like he i think uh kevin federline has a uh restraining order on jamie because because of the kids yeah because apparently jamie uh her father was uh physically abusive or something with one of the kids yeah i read that too 
And so Brittany only has, I think that it's 3070 is the child uh, custody agreement where she is 30% and Kevin has 70%. So she doesn't even have. Oh, interesting. I don't know how often she sees them. But yeah, her Instagram over the past few years, it's just been odd. Mm -hmm. A lot of like she dances, she'll show off like different clothes that she wears. It's real uh, hostage situation looking like she doesn't talk about it's oh it's very like everything's great. Yeah. And like quotes. Well, what's weird to me about a conservatorship is I feel like it's usually for people who are like stuff like older or suffering from dementia or who are right. completely unable to take care of any aspect of their life. And I think that the issue here is that and even it says in like the legal terminology of the conservatorship that they're running it, quote unquote, like a business like. Mm-hmm. Brittany is fully able to work like she had a Las Vegas residency during this like yeah she's a fully capable human being so what is the nature of this conservatorship obviously her behavior now is seems very different than like what her behavior was like when she was a child or like when when she was in her adolescence like you can see the interviews and even physically she seems different yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not denying that yeah. there's some sort of psychological thing going on, but is it to the point that needs to be a conservatorship? And is that psychological thing that's going on like trauma just from being in yeah. the limelight? You know, because um, there was this documentary that Maria sent that I watched yesterday that was like the three months before her MTV performance. I can't remember what year it was. 2008? I think it was 2009. 2009? 2000, yeah. For the record. She seems totally fine. Yeah. She did seem a little like over it. But this was after the break. That was after like the head shaving. That was after the car. That was after the conservatorship started. So this was all like right after all this started. So her dad was like living with her and that was all going on. And she's like a completely different person from who she is now. Like she seems like she seems fine in that like she seems like Britney Spears. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, to me, she seems now like someone who's like being like force medicated or like, yeah, it's like this yeah. hot, weird hostage. I don't know. It's just you can see that there's definitely some sort of difference in her personality. And I'm just so curious as to like, what is it that we're missing? Like there's some sort of piece of the puzzle that obviously like we as the public are missing because like, why is this conservatorship like allegedly necessary and why does it keep continuing to be imposed when it's brought up Mm. in court you know like there's got to be something that we as a public don't know about or are missing or is this like a human rights violation like that's happening in front of our eyes you know like there's there's got to be i know yesterday there was that they had another court case yesterday and i believe she has two people running the conservatorship and i believe her dad was it was a win for britney it was good news for her like her dad doesn't have full control over it. it's the other person who's running it oh really more control now yeah but i believe her dad is still a part of it oh tess is here let's let her in do you want to kind of like announce to everyone who you are what you do and kind of like how you're affiliated with the britney spears multiverse <laughs> 
Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, my name is Tess Barker. I'm a writer, comedian, and Britney Spears investigative journalist. Um, <laughs> I love that. My, <laughs> my podcast, Britney's Gram, which started out as a comedy podcast where, you know, the joke was going to be that we took a really serious in-depth analysis of Britney's Instagram feed, uh, sort of inadvertently led me down this rabbit hole where I stumbled across... Um, what I thought were some very problematic and mysterious things about her conservatorship, uh, which which <laughs> started a lot of discussion about that on the show. Uh, and then we were contacted by a whistleblower from Britney's legal team right. who left us a voicemail kind of telling us what was going on, released that episode and, and sort of started this iteration of the Free Britney. That was movement. a good episode. I listened to that <laughs> Thank episode. Thank you. That's <laughs> so crazy. So what, what, turned, what started as kind of like a comedic adventure really could end up changing Britney's life and has started this whole movement to even like yeah. help her or change the nature of conservatorships in general. Yeah. What kind of things were you finding out through like investigating her Instagram? Well, I mean, I think at first I was aware of the conservatorship because I had read an article in the New York Times that came out in 2016, sort of questioning the necessity of it. So that was always sort of on our radar and honestly, I think it was just a function of we were trying to talk about an Instagram post for half an hour. That, like, <laughs> the, con- <laughs> the conversation would just kind of the natural extension of a lot of our conversations when we would do like a deep analysis on a meme like let me shop and no one gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you start talking about the conservatorship because when you really get down to what you think psychologically right. was going on behind that post, it's the conservatorship. So I think those were sort of the early things is looking at these things that I think if any of our friends from high school posted, we wouldn't think twice about. But knowing what we knew about Brittany's life, it kind of started to point into this truth. That's so crazy. So for those of us who don't really know, um, or for the listeners who don't know, like what is the nature of Britney's conservatorship? It's extremely restrictive. Um, yeah. She, I mean, when you're put under conservator- conservatorships, the reason that they, that most medical and legal professionals say that they should be a last resort is because they are extremely restrictive. Yeah. Um, right. Once you're conserved, you do effectively lose your rights as an adult. So you can't sign a contract. You can't even get married. Your conservator has the right to decide. Yeah. (laughs) Your conservator has the right to decide who can call you on the phone, who can come over to your house, where you can go, what kind of medical care you will get, um, what you can eat. Oh, my God. Um, And then additionally, she's under something called a conservatorship of her estate, which means that she has no access to any of her money. Right. Um, And what's particularly troubling about Britney's situation is that obviously she's been working consistently throughout this entire period. Um, So because she doesn't have the legal right to enter into a contract, there are some issues of consent at hand here because she legally can't consent to work. So she's being placed into contracts by other people. And then not being given access to the revenue that she's generating from working those contracts. Whoa, that's That's really crazy. crazy. That's worse than I (laughs) thought it was. Yeah. It's so interesting, too, because you you mentioned the thing about like the access to the medical doctors and things. And in the documentary, there was that clip of her at MTV where she's talking about like, you know, they're, I'm talking to these therapists or these doctors and I'm saying one thing, but they're only hearing what they want to hear and they're not listening to me and like, it's getting really bad. And that's kind of like indicative. What if, you know, the doctors that she's even talking to are kind of like in on this, whatever it is that's going on where they're not even really genuinely caring about her well-being. 
Right. Exactly. And I mean, a lot of the people that have come into the fold of the Free Britney movement aren't even necessarily huge Britney Spears fans, but there's a lot of people who are mentally ill or have some sort of disability and are really worried about the disability rights at play here because many, many people are mentally ill and and, and the majority of mentally ill people have the right to seek care from different doctors. And if a certain doctor isn't working for them, then they have the legal right to go see a different doctor and try a different treatment plan. Um, so that's the level of autonomy that, that's been taken from her is, yeah, just sort of the right to manage her own care. What was the thing that, like, made it so they were able to get her on a conservatorship? Because it doesn't seem like even the behavior that she, you know, displayed. Well, she was admitted to the psychiatric hospital in 2008, I believe. Right. And then, but, like, she seemed okay after that, right? Like, like on the For the Record document, documentary and everything, she seemed okay. Yeah. So it's just, like, weird to me that she, that she would be placed in something like this. Absolutely. I mean, the whole situation under which she was conserved is very questionable to me. It's very bizarre. I mean, it's no secret that Britney Spears was the story of her demise, as I think the documentary illustrated so beautifully, was the story at the forefront of the national conscious at the time. So I think mm-hmm. I always think that in mind when I think about how she was conserved, because it's like the doctor that saw her had been reading the Us Weekly covers for the past year. Oh, the judge who had the case was also living in in that morass. So yeah, right. I think that was part of it. And one thing that I've learned in my reporting is that to get someone conserved, you have to have a doctor sign something called a declaration of incapacity. But that only needs to be signed at the onset of the conservatorship. That's not something that has to be renewed every year. So so she could be like kind of, you know, at a psychiatric hospital or having like sort of a mental breakdown and where she's like, she can't care for herself because like she just kind of broke. But then like if she gets better, she's still stuck. And that's kind of, yeah, that makes sense. So the legal system assumes that the caregiver is going to want to be giving that conserved person as much autonomy as possible. Right. And ostensibly, her court-imported counsel should have been trying to get her out of the conservatorship this entire time for that exact reason. Uh, but there's a huge conflict of interest because all of those people are getting paid to keep her right. in this conservatorship. Right. So it's kind of like, who does this benefit? In the documentary, yeah. they have the her lawyer who they said they wouldn't even show him the documents. Like, do you guys remember that? Like, what? what could be in those documents yeah. where it would show yeah. like, cause he kept saying like, Oh, you know, I haven't seen the documents, So I don't know what I don't know. Obviously the judge has something in her person where it's like, Oh, Brittany should still be in this. Well, again though, that doc, that, that capacity document, she would only have one that was filed like back in 2008. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. This is cause that's what was so confusing for me. I was like, As the public, is there something, a piece that we're just missing or like not privy to or information that we're not getting um, that would complete this puzzle? Or is this like a human rights violation, you know? But like as in the documentary, it was kind of seemed like, oh, this is a conservatorship slash business. Like that was the part that really didn't make sense to me that made me think like, oh, they're really kind of using her and like running her dry more than it is like there's a piece of a mental health puzzle that we're not really known uh, to us or to the public. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, that business hybrid. So what really kicked what turned Britney's Graham into like a true crime podcast was when I started to read some of the legal documents around the case. Um, and I became sort of obsessed with what was going on. <laughs> yeah. um, but that document, the business hybrid model 
that changed my entire perspective of what was going on because I thought that's extremely inappropriate. I mean, the standard to being conserved is that you're unable to provide food or shelter to yourself. So I think from what we see publicly, it's pretty clear that Britney Spears has the capacity to provide food and shelter to herself. Right. Um, but even if it's if it's the case that she is so severely mentally ill that she is gravely disabled and does need to be conserved, then I think we need to start thinking about these work contracts that she's been entered into without her consent. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, if there is actually something so severe going on, then she needs to be reeled back from all this work and publicity and things like that that she's being forced into doing, it seems like, that she's not consenting to do. Like, if there is actually a huge mental health issue going on that maybe we're not privy to, then, like, no matter what, this conservatorship needs to be adjusted, um, regardless of what's mm-hmm, going on yeah. behind the scenes. Well, yesterday there was the court case yesterday and it was I read it was good news for Brittany. It was like her dad doesn't have full control anymore. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yesterday's hearing was pretty inconsequential. All they really did was reaffirm a decision that they'd made in November, which is that they were going to allow Brittany to bring on this fiduciary company in addition to Jamie. Mm. Okay, right. No petition has been filed to remove Jamie still, even with all this public pressure and even with all these eyes on the case. And, you know, I've talked to numerous lawyers and it really would just be a matter of having Brittany file that petition and then start those proceedings. And can Brittany file a petition on her own or is that something she'd have to ask Jamie to do like hey Jamie I want to file a petition against you and then Jamie's like no and then it's just you know like squash like how does that even work um she so she has a court appointed counsel his name Uh. is Samuel Ingham um and that's the only attorney that she's had access to for the past 13 years oh he makes wow he makes $10,000 a week. And that's the guy that kicked Adam Streisand out of the courtroom. It was Samuel Ingham who said, oh, I don't think she has the capacity to hire her own attorney based on my uh, assessment. So he's the guy. He's the only guy who could do it. Yeah. Oh, my it's, God. She's stuck. She's trapped. It's so frustrating because it's like she's Britney Spears. She should have the she should have Amal Clooney as a lawyer. I don't yeah. know if she has the best legal, <laughs> yeah. team, legal team money can buy. And and part of what infuriates me about the situation is that her own money is being weaponized against her because yeah. she's paying for her dad's lawyers who are very fancy. Ugh. Oh, fuck. What That's a nightmare. So yeah. So like what, I guess like what are next steps for people who want to like inform themselves or get involved with this movement or just educate themselves on what's going on here in general? Yeah. I mean, there's some really good resources available out there. There's um, an account called Free Britney LA that puts out really good stuff in terms of advocacy and and letters that you can write to legislators because this really is a systemic issue. It's not something yeah. that just affects Britney. We really do need probate reform. In our courts, um, there's an attorney named Lisa McCarley, a probate attorney who's very vocal about, um, who's been very vocal about probate reform and who's got some really good resources on, on her website too. But I would just encourage people to yeah. write letters to the attorney general, write letters to your legislator. It's crazy. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Do you wow. think she really is in her post where she's like talking about, do you think she is saying hidden messages in there or do you think she doesn't even have control over any of that you know it's funny because we started the podcast analyzing her instagram and i now i really don't know what to make of it like i feel like it's become an even more mysterious account than when we started i never i go back and forth day to day like sometimes i think it's all her and sometimes i think it's a totally different team posting things i really don't know i guess my gut is that she's posting but i don't know because the most or the one that was posted after the documentary came out she was like people aren't really what you think they are or like something to that degree and everyone's like this is not Britney posting this, like, is it? But then, like, her boyfriend 
was like the the paparazzi would ever talk to him and he was like yeah her dad sucks like so that was the first time he has ever anyone has ever said anything like her boyfriend has ever said anything yeah i mean that was huge there's there's definitely like a cone of silence around this whole situation yeah very much i mean as i think you see with like a lot of these hollywood stories i mean a lot of the story does kind of remind me of like the bill cosby situation or the harvey weinstein situation because it's something that I think there were whispers about for a long time yeah. and there is a lot right. of silence and there's a lot of power at play. So yeah, for her boyfriend to be that outspoken, I think shows that um, the tides are changing, hopefully. Uh, to yeah. that effect, kind of like a, a last question is what did you think about Justin Timberlake's Instagram post a few minutes ago? Did you get, did you get to see it yet? I just saw it right before jumping on with yeah. you guys. I mean, too little, too late, but we'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am not. I thought it was so, I thought it's like, unspe- I don't want to like, this isn't a drag Justin Timberlake podcast, but I think it's like unspecific and so generalized. Just like, I'm sorry if I took advantage of like the opportunities I was afforded instead of being like, this is what I did, and I am sorry for specifically doing those things. Exactly. And I mean, Janet and Brittany did both need to be apologized to, but say specifically why you're sorry to each of them individually. They yeah. deserve that. Totally. Yeah. 100%. Well, this has been crazy illuminating. Do you guys have any, um, Maria or Melissa, any more questions? Well, I mean, I'm sure we have like Well, a thousand, no, congrats but- to you and Babs are doing a Stitcher free Brittany whole other podcast mm-hmm. oh yes tell us about that awesome yeah so for the past um like six to eight months we've been working on a documentary series for stitcher witness docs and it's going to be a 10-part uh serialized uh story about this show so we're really excited it's yeah the team over there is really cool and do you know when that's going to come out we're hoping for early summer so probably like late may early june but we don't have a firm launch date yet awesome cool so all of our tens that's of exciting. listeners make sure to look for that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we could get you five more listeners to that um <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Tess. Where can people find um, the Instagram or find you online or Lady to Lady and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, my personal Twitter is Testify Barker. My other my comedy podcast that is just a comedy podcast is Lady to Lady Comedy. Um, and then Britney's Gram. You can find her if you're interested in that. We're on Twitter and Instagram as just at Britney's Gram. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and congratulations. Thank and thank you for all like the work you're doing in this sector. It's so awesome. Oh, thanks, guys. 
No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. It's weird. Like, I go back and forth on her Instagram posts like, oh, she posted this. Then like, oh, no, she did not post this. Right. It's yeah. Weird. It's really devastating. You, to see the way she was, you know, 10 years ago to the way she... And maybe it's just the way she's presenting herself. I mean, she, maybe she's not like that when a camera's not on her, but it does seem like so... She's so stiff and like just not there. And that makes me Well, you very, can even see like... Yeah, it's like her... Even her face, like her... Ma- it's like her yeah. makeup or just like... Or, or the, her speech patterns like there is something going on yeah. um and i don't know if that's the effect of medication or like you know she's always like when she's talking to the camera and she's not dancing she's always like rocking back and forth mm-hmm. and she feels and it sounds like she's out of breath or yeah. like she's talking quickly like hey guys i just wanted to yeah. say hi and it's like what it, it, she, she seems nervous mm-hmm I don't know. But then like some posts, she'll seem totally fine. The Instagram is weird. She posts a lot of the the same photos several times in a row. And then like she'll wear a, a shirt and then she'll like put 10 different filters on it. Yeah. Then but then post, post it like page. days each, apart. Each, yeah. I think there is something obviously mentally going on. If it's to the point that she needs a conservatorship, I don't know. If if she, like Tess was saying, if she is so de- debilitatingly mentally unwell, she should not be having to do Vegas shows every night and all this kind of stuff. And then if she is well enough to do that, she shouldn't be under such a strict conservatorship that other people are deciding what she eats and who she talks to, you know? That's, yeah. And it sucks that she's just like, she can't get out of it because her money is paying for her dad to have these lawyers. And she's just like a court-appointed attorney. It's crazy. Yeah, she's stuck. Like, how does she even get out of it? How does she even get like a new lawyer? Like, she can't because she can't legally... Well, she tried to get one, I guess. And then her court appointed lawyer said she's not mentally fit to have her own lawyer. Right. So, yeah, it's really everyone's getting paid. They're all making money off of her. And it's so fucked up. Yeah. So it's like, what's the what's the conspiracy here? Like, what's the part that we're as a public missing? And I think that that's like what Tess and people are trying to really figure out. Um, so if you have any ideas, Maria, what are you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, if you want to learn more about Britney, there's another Erios um, show that's all about Britney called We, oh, Need, right. to, we Need to Talk About Britney. And oh, yeah. What were you going to... Yeah, you had some tea. You had some tea to Well, there is... I can't I can't say it on this podcast because it's going to be coming out on Jen's oh, okay. podcast in the okay, next okay. couple... In the next week or so. So she, she's going to be talking to some really, really cool people. So... Um, like who? Go, like, can you just say at least who, who it is? Or like... They're people... They're people that were very close to Britney. 
So she's talking to people with firsthand experiences. If you go back and listen, she talks to she's she's done interviews with Lance Bass, Mandy Moore, Nikki Deloach, who was on Mickey Mouse Club with Britney. So she like and and Jen's a huge Britney fan. So she's just like always trying to get to the bottom of what's going on here. Um, So, yeah, go check it out. And the new season's going to be coming out soon. Wow, can't wait for that. Um, and uh, where can you find that? And what is it called? Say it one more time. For we need to talk about like Brittany. Me. Oh my God. Pickles is wearing her sweater and it's so funny. She has a sweater? Yeah, Pickles. Aww. I'll send you a picture, send, but it's an Argyle sweater. It's an Argyle sweater. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it's called We Need to Talk About Brittany. It's on Erios. You can find it on an Apple podcast, Spotify, anywhere you listen. And, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you have any of your own theories or like want to let us know what you think or have any experience with this kind of stuff, please let us know. Cause we're, we're really, uh, interested in it now. And I'll have to admit, like, I've kind of done a 180 on this at first, like a few years ago, I think I literally was like, everyone leave her alone. Obviously there's something wrong with her. Like she needs to be under a conservatorship, like, mm-hmm. like just stay I out of the her same business. Way. And now after watching that documentary and like informing myself a little bit more, I'm like, okay, there's something going on here that just isn't uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. Something's fishy. I'm happy to have kind of been illuminated to that. She's a slave. Yeah. For seriously. her dad. For her dad. Melissa, where can people reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Okay, guys. Um, I am Allie. Uh, What's that song? She's so lucky. Womanizer. She, I'm Allie Womanizer Siegel. <laughs> Woman, womanizer. <laughs> I'm a, I'm Melissa. I'm a slave to no one. Stetton. Nice. And I'm Maria Britney Spears Blasucci. Clever okay. as hell. All right. Great. Bye, guys. <laughs> bye. Powered by ACAS. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.